Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Compass Group International, and welcome to my expat lifestyles podcast. Uh, just a quick uh, little change and kind of announcement to make everyone is uh, I've discussed it with my team and I as far as what we should call this new series of podcasts uh, strictly for our clientele. And previously, in the first two episodes, we called it Luxury Expat Lifestyles, and that's quite a mouthful uh, but we figured that to make it a lot simpler, we would just call it Compass Concierge. And we'll go more into detail as far as what our services that we provide for affluent clients. And it is more, we're much more than a real estate brokerage. Uh, for close to two decades uh, with Compass, we've really surpassed a level of service that truly surpasses any other brokerages out there in these foreign countries. Uh, with my experience of also close to over a decade of working with affluent clients and wealth management services, we have learned to cater to the needs of affluent clients because your expectations, not just the service level, but as far as what you need as your dream homes and what you want as your dream homes, we can provide that for you. So today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about one of the, a lot of, you know, a lot of these topics that I talk about are actual questions that have come up with conversations with current clients and potential new clients. So this episode is going to answer a lot of questions out there is for the newly expat or for the individuals or individuals or families that's looking to move out of a Western country like North America or Europe, Australia, New Zealand, these English speaking countries and looking to move to someplace more tropical, uh, somewhere that's different, something more exciting as a second home or third home or fourth home or even live there permanently. This podcast is going to answer your question. When should you rent and when you should buy? And a lot of clients a lot of my clients make a tremendous mistake of buying where they should be renting instead. So that is going to be the main topic today, and I hope you're excited about it because I certainly am. But before I get into that, I want to kind of touch on our Compass Concierge services. And we'll go more and more into detail uh, as we have further discussions uh, with you on a one-on-one basis. First and foremost is this podcast. It is solely dedicated to uh, our clients at Compass is to help navigate them and to kind of cut down their research time. Because over the last, I would say, since this pandemic has happened, over the last uh, four to five months, I've had, I've probably picked up close to two dozen new clients that are looking to move abroad, looking to move out of the United States, looking to move out of Canada, looking to move out of Australia, looking to move out of the UK. And over the last year, I would say I've had over, I mean, I would say hundreds of new conversations with affluent clientele and again, looking to move to another country, specifically in Asia. So instead of having and spending a lot of time repeating the same thing over and over again on each conference call or face-to-face meeting, I want to make it easier for my clients to find a place where they can spend their time, anytime, leisurely time, to listen to a podcast. And these podcasts are meant to educate them. So, and again, I can cut down on a lot of research time and help to answer a lot of questions 
uh, from basically two decades of relocating clients overseas. So that's what these podcasts are intended for. The next thing is, is that for those that don't have millions of dollars, uh, this podcast can also help navigate you too. If you're looking, if you know, you're a middle-income family or uh, maybe you're on a fixed income, but you're not looking to buy a luxury home or anything like that, but you still want to move abroad, these podcasts can also help you. Uh, just disregard the numbers when it comes down to home prices and so forth. But overall, a lot of the same questions and a lot of challenges they're going through when it comes time to deciding which country, when you should move, where you should move, how you should do it, these podcasts would definitely be very, very helpful. So our Compass Concierge service, and again, as much we go dive in much further and provide our clients with more support and services that's going to transition them to their new home or homes a lot more seamlessly. So it's not just finding the home for you because the biggest mistake, and I'm sure you listening to this can attest to this because you've probably purchased many, many homes, is the problem with working with a broker outside of, let's say, the United States. One of the benefits of the United States is that the United States has an MLS service and it's basically a huge database repository of listings throughout a specific area. Well, when you look at places in second world countries, whether it's in Latin America or Southeast Asia or even in Europe, we don't have an MLS. That's very, very unique to a country like the United States. So the biggest challenge is, is that when you look at talking to brokers and agents in other countries, it's basically down to creating a website and putting your listings on there. But the biggest hurdle that every single client has, and I've seen it firsthand, I've actually gone through it as a client buying properties in other countries. Because remember, everything that I'm sharing with you is basically two decades of myself and my team relocating to different countries. Is that when you're talking to a broker, they're only going to show you listings that pay the highest amount of commission and or that are their own listings. And if you, and as an affluent client, you have a checklist, you have a dream list of what your home, what your dream home in, in Thailand is going to look like, what your dream home in Singapore or in Bali or in Costa Rica is going to look like. But the problem is, is that you never get to check everything off your list because it's maybe half your list is still outstanding because the broker is telling you, well, no such home exists. Well, they really do. It's just they're lazy. And that is a commonality that you're going to find with a lot of brokers in these other countries. First and foremost is a large majority, and I am not kidding when I'm saying this, a large majority, I would say close to 80 to maybe even 90% of brokers and brokerages overseas have never sold a home in their life. So they basically went on vacation and they said, hey, this is a great country. This is really cool. Uh, let's see, I still need to work, so I'm just going to open a real estate brokerage. And there's no testing, because remember, is countries like the United States, obviously you have to go through a rigorous process, go through 30 days of class, pass the federal, the, fate, the federal and state exams. But in countries like, you know, in Latin America, Southeast Asia, or even, even in Europe, a real estate license does not exist. There's no licensing requirements. You just wake up one day and say, hey, you know what? I'll become a real estate broker. Bam. 
create a Facebook page, you're a real estate broker. So, so there aren't any sort of regulations and, aren't, and there aren't any licensing requirements. So these people that are practicing real estate, they've never sold a home before in their life. They don't understand intricacies and the needs of a client like yourself is that they just try to get listings and then they'll give you the used car salesman technique is uh, that home doesn't exist. And they try to pawn off their own listings. And I've seen this day in and day out. And that's why Compass is so unique because everyone in our team has had decades of experience in selling homes and buying homes. So we understand this. And our, and our services, just a, just a touch and a few, is it's not just finding your dream home. So you give us a list, whether it's a list of five items, 10 items, 50 items, we will find that home to ex your exact specifications. Then in addition to that is, it's not just a matter of just finding you the home. Now it's the whole process after that. What does that mean? Help you make the transition with the move, furnishing your home to where you want it, finding a car for you, uh, immigration services, uh, asset management, wealth planning services. Uh, that's one thing that I can assure you that a lot of these majority of these brokers do not have. They don't have the background I do in estate planning, wealth management, taxation, and so forth. We will find and we will make sure that those services are provided for you with the best attorneys, the best tax attorneys, asset management, uh, wealth planning, you know, estate planning attorneys, and then getting your driver's license, a simple thing like getting your driver's license, we need to provide that for you. Opening accounts for you, opening an LLC in a local country for you. Uh, what else? If you have children that needs to go to school, we will recommend and find uh, schools for you that are the best schools in the area. And if you need a maid, because many people need maids, especially when you have these large homes. And one of the wonderful things about it in Thailand is, is that you can get a maid for like $300 to $500 a month. And we're going to find those for you. So there is so much that we do that brokers don't do because they don't understand your needs as an affluent client, as a person that's buying a luxury home and the wealth, should I say, the, the, the lots of baggage, should I say, that you carry into a new country. The transition is difficult and it's not easy. So we're going to make sure that the transition is seamless. Like I said, we've been doing this for close to two decades. Actually, uh, we're going to be going to our 19th year very, very soon. So that's why you should be looking at Compass for any of your needs uh, outside the United States when you're looking for luxury property. So let's dive into this podcast. So the biggest question is, or for most people, when they find a destination, and most likely you're on vacation, you go to this new destination, you spend a week or two weeks there, and now all of a sudden you're like, honey, let's buy a home here. I can imagine being here for the rest of my life. And that's wonderful, but as I say in many of my podcasts, is the there's a huge, tremendous difference in a location or destination when you're there as a vacationer and then you come back as a full-time resident or part-time, even a part-time resident. For an example, uh, 
I've been to uh, House Hunters International. I was on that show for eight years, produced my own episode, all our episodes, and they're the top-ranking episodes every single season. It's taking me all over the world, talking to uh, people that live and reside in these countries that are expats. So I get to learn a lot. And also, I buy properties in these countries too. And not all countries are meant to be a second home for you. Like for an example, like Fiji. Fiji is a beautiful country. It's a beautiful country filled with wonderful people. I mean, the Fijians are, oh, they are so freaking nice. I love the people of Fiji. That's one of the things that, uh, that really makes Fiji is the people. But the thing is, I could never live there. I remember filming an episode in, what was it, Sabu Sabu, uh, which is a fairly large island. And we were in a resort community so there's a large hotel, a very luxury hotel. And in this community also had very high-end homes. You may have seen that episode with uh, Sachiko and her friend. They were looking for a really nice, and we found a really nice home uh, in this community. But Savu Savu, we were there for like two and a half weeks and I was ready to leave. It was so freaking boring. There was like nothing there. You can only... You can only be in an area where there's peace and quiet for so long, especially as an entrepreneur like, like myself, a person that's a go-getter, that likes to hustle. I can't take peace and quiet that long. I, I need my, my coffee shops and movie theaters and malls and all that stuff. I still want the nice beaches and all that stuff, but I need those other amenities. And being in a place like Fiji was just too boring for me. And even worse was... And again, it's one of the most beautiful islands I've ever been to. This is again in Fiji. It's called Coral Island. And Coral Island was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. But I would never live there because it was so freaking boring. So boring. And in addition to that is Coral Island in, uh, in I don't know how long ago. I can't quite recall when this hurricane hit, but basically almost wiped out the whole island. And that's another thing, too, you always have to keep in mind is that this may be a wonderful place, this island that you love, but I never recommend buying a place in an island because of what's happening throughout the world. These hurricanes are getting stronger and stronger every, every year, and you have the potential of having this multi-million dollar investment, this beautiful home that you purchased that can be wiped out literally overnight, and that's not a wise investment. So that's why places like that, I recommend just renting. So that's the difference, is that there's a difference between a permanent resident buying a home, and when, when I'm looking for homes for my clients, I'm making sure that it is out of harm's way when it comes down to natural disasters. That's one of, that's one of the reasons why I don't like Phuket. Uh, Phuket, uh, it's a great place to rent. It's a great place to just go there for a week or two, just rent. There's no reason for you to buy a home there. I'd rather you buy a home in other beach communities like in Jiantian, even in Pattaya or in Hua Hin, because when that great tsunami hit, wiping out hundreds of thousands of people, Phuket was in that line of fire. But Hua Hin, Pattaya, uh, Jiantian was not in that line of fire and it didn't have the issues and didn't have uh, basically the whole town wiped out. If you are, if you are superstitious, and I have clients that are very superstitious. Thais are not a big fan 
of Phuket. Yes, they will go there once in a while to visit, but it's really meant for foreigners because Thais believe because a high amount of death that that was the result of the tsunami, uh, they believe they call it basically like a ghost city, a city of ghosts. And they just don't like that. They believe it's bad juju to own a property in a city that was had a high death rate. So I just want to share this with people because not everyone is superstitious, superstitious like this, but there are people who are superstitious. So if you are the person that believes in energy, good energy, bad energy, and you and you are superstitious when it comes down to ghosts and spirits, then Phuket is definitely not the answer for you. You definitely don't want to be there. So those type of places, I don't recommend buying. Another place, Maldives and Bora Bora. I've been there. I was in there in business. Boring. I, I don't know how many people that I know that, have, that went to Bora Bora and also Maldives and stayed in one of those beautiful homes uh, that were basically uh, on top of the water, sitting on stilts, and they loved it. They're like, oh, well, we were there for a week at Bora Bora for a honeymoon. It was so awesome. I could just imagine living here for the rest of my life. I could tell you, you can't do that for the rest of your life. You couldn't even do it for six months or nine months to a year because you'd be so bored out of your mind, just sitting there with nothing to do. Your mind just, it just, it needs stimulation. And with nothing there and being so boring, you're just going to pull your hair out. So there's another two places where I don't recommend buying a home. And again, renting. So let's dive into Thailand, which is obviously my specialty and my happy place. So what parts of the area should you buy? What parts of the area should you rent? As you listen to my prior podcast, there are really only three places, three regions in Thailand that I suggest in buying a home. Number one, you have to have a home in Bangkok. That's just a necessity. Bangkok is like, depending on what part of the world you're from, it's like London, but better. It's like New York, but better. It's like Tokyo, but better. And the reason why I say better is because there's so much to do here in Bangkok and everything is at a fraction of the price. You have extremely nice people and Bangkok is a lot cleaner than you think it is. It's cleaner than New York. It's cleaner than L.A., uh, I, you know, I was in London, geez, it's been like six or seven years and uh, London was fairly clean, uh, but I didn't like the weather in London. I was there during the winter and, uh, and the people aren't the friendliest, uh, you know, there's a lot friendlier than New Yorkers, but if you want that big city vibe, but you don't want to pay the price to live in a big city, Bangkok is the place to be. We love Bangkok. So we have three homes in Thailand, soon to be four. And our home base is here in Bangkok. And then the next two beach cities that I recommend is Pattaya Jom Tien, which is only about an hour, an hour and a half drive from Bangkok, soon to be 45 minutes with a high-speed rail uh, that has been approved. So that's really, really exciting. And that it's, it, they're nice beach areas. They're big. There's lots to do. And it's close. And then the other one is Hua Hin. So for those of you that are familiar with Orange County, uh, I live in Newport Beach and Huntington Beach for a very long time. Uh, Hua Hin is very reminiscent of like Newport Beach. Beautiful white sand, 
a very, very affluent community. Uh, you actually can buy a home that sits right on the beach, right on the water, which is a nice thing about Hua Hin. So those are the basically the three areas that I recommend to buy a home and to own a home. Now, these are areas I don't recommend in owning a home. That's better to just rent. You use uh, Airbnb, Flipkey, uh, get, just get a hotel. These areas are basically all the islands in Thailand. Koh Tao, Koh Samoy, Koh Phi Phi. Those are the places that I recommend that you do not buy. And again, they're beautiful, but not meant to be lived there permanently. It's freaking boring. It's super boring. Koh Samoy, uh, been there a few times. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous little island. But again, remember what the term little, there's nothing to do there. It's a little tiny island with nothing to do where you should be in a bigger city. So definitely islands do not buy. Better to have, better to just rent a hotel, stay at a beautiful resort that's on the water, or just rent a huge freaking beach home, which there are plenty, there's so many of them, so many choices like on Airbnb and these other uh, short-term rental sites. The next place is Phuket. I don't recommend owning a home in Phuket, not just for the superstitious reasons for those who are, but also Phuket is like, for me, it's like living in Mexico, uh, in these towns like Puerto Vallarta, uh, Rocky Point, uh, Ensenada, or Mazatlan. I don't like those areas because number one is it's full of tourists. So you have increased tourist prices. So everything's more expensive. Same with those islands. So they're, so you're always going to pay a higher rate because you're a tourist. And then the locals have been, they're not, let's just say they're not as patient as they should be because they've been dealing with rude tourists for decades and decades. So you don't have the nicest locals. So these type of, high tourist areas aren't a good reflection of the Thai people because how would you like if you worked in a tourist industry dealing with rude tourists, whether they come from China or Europe or Americas, and you're dealing with these type of rude tourists day in and day out. After a while, you just lose that patience level. You're very short. So Phuket is just one big giant tourist town. I don't recommend it being a place like that because I don't want to live in a tourist town. I don't want to live among tourists. And the other thing too is Phuket is far. You have to fly there. As I say many, many times with people is that if you have to fly to a destination, you're going to basically spend less time there as, as a homeowner. Is that basically here's the rule of thumb. And that's why we have, that's why we have um, homes in Bangkok and Jom Tien and Hua Hin, because all three of those locations are with, all within driving distance of an hour and a half to two hours. If you have to fly to a destination, you're basically over time, over a year, two to three years, you're just never going to go. I may have mentioned this in another podcast. I have a friend of mine uh, that has a condo in Phuket. Uh, she hasn't been there in maybe three years and she wants to sell it and she can't sell it. That's a long time because she has to fly there. And so you have to fly to a destination you're not going to go. And then if you have to drive further than three hours, and again, you're not going to go. 
So you always try to keep that distance within three hour drive and not having to hop an airplane. So Phuket for me is a rental, it's not a buy. The next place is up north in Chiang Mai. Chiang Mai is very different uh, environment. It's, it's cooler. Uh, there is a high density of, of let's say, uh, small temples throughout Chiang Mai. But the, but the other thing too that makes this a great town to visit is that you have these, you know, these wonderful festivals like these lantern festivals. Uh, you have huge elephant sanctuaries, that true elephant sanctuaries, not the places where basically these elephants are like starving to death. They're like true elephant sanctuaries where they take great care of their animals. You can bathe them, you can ride them. So uh, there are a lot of cool outdoorsy type of things you can do in Chiang Mai. But again, Chiang Mai, you have to hop an airplane. You either have to fly through Suwannabum Airport, which is a main international airport in Bangkok, or our regional airport, which is Don Myung Airport. And it's about an hour, about an hour north. So again, you have to hop on a plane. So over time, you're just not going to go. I even know, I even have friends that are local ties that have a home in Chiang Mai and they maybe go once a year and they want to sell it too. And these are local Thai people. So if you're a Westerner, uh, you know, the, the chance of you going there is going to be slim to none over time. So, and again, Chiang Mai is a rental. It's not a buy. Because remember, if you might have went, you may have been to Chiang Mai and maybe rented this beautiful little home, this little villa that's tucked in, a, in the side of a mountain and it's just gorgeous. Trust me, that's going to get old after about uh, three or four months or even six months. You'll be like, uh, no thanks. It's, it's too boring here. I need to get back to Bangkok or I need to get to Hua Hin or I need to get to Pati or Jom Tien because it's just too quiet. And again, that's another rental. Then there are other, obviously other regions within Thailand that are more the Isan regions like Udon Thani. And that's not, that's not meant. If you are uh, someone that's looking for luxury, uh, Udon Thani is definitely not the place to be. Udon Thani is really meant for your middle to lower income. They're small, very poor villages. These are individuals that are on fixed income that basically go there and live there. Nobody speaks English. You have to speak Thai. Uh, that's the other thing. I mean, Chiang Mai, it's a big city. A lot of people speak English. Obviously, one of the great things about Thailand, every major city, Chiang Mai, Bangkok, any major, major beach city, everyone speaks English. That's definitely one of the advantages of Thailand. Udon Thani, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to have a very, very challenging time. Uh, so I definitely do not recommend Udon Thani. And then some of you younger folks uh, that may... Uh, you know, have done very well, maybe had a, a tech company, sold for a few million. And then you may have heard this little community just outside of Chiang Mai called, uh, oh God, you, no, not you, bud. Oh, Pai, P-A-I, little tiny little hippie town. That I definitely do not recommend buying anything there because you're just filled with these granola hippies that basically make about 300 bucks online every single month. They do nothing. They wear elephant pants. They drink all day, do drugs all day. Definitely not. A, if that is your thing, then again, rent, don't buy. <laughs> rent, don't buy. 
Uh, Pi is a place to visit uh, for a brief time, then it's time to get out because after that, um, that community really gets, gets in your nerves. So I hope this helped out. I want to give you an example of just Thailand. I can give you examples, and again, places like Costa Rica, it's the same exact thing. Uh, majority of people, the individuals that I know, eventually over time have moved out of these smaller beach cities to move into bigger, larger beach cities like Hako or Manuel Antonio, or even closer, uh, you know, up north like in Coca, where it's a, semi, uh, it's a little bit of a bigger city, but you're close to Liberia. But many people move back to San Jose because it's a bigger beach. It's a bigger city. It's not a beach city, but it's a bigger city. Everybody, when they're retired or semi-retired, just misses the amenities. They miss the, the fun stuff to do. Because as a retiree, I want to reiterate what I said is you don't want to sit on your butt and do nothing all day. No matter how beautiful that ocean view is in front of you, you're not, going to, you're not going to enjoy it six months or nine months or even 12 months from now if that's the only thing to do all day. The little tiny things like, oh my God, I need good internet. You're going to miss that. Or little things like, I just want to go to movie theater. I just, want to, I just want to McDonald's. I'm craving McDonald's. It's not there. That's the problem. You don't have these kind of conveniences. So please keep that in mind, is that when you are talking to your partner, talking to your spouse, talking to your family about moving and having a second, third, even fourth home, I don't recommend, even having a, if it's a fourth home, having a home in these type of small communities or these type of countries or islands, because it's better to save your money and rent instead. So that will save you millions of dollars if you just follow my suggestion. And also, and also in addition to that is, I'm saving you a big headache, is that when you're buying property in these very, very small communities or these small islands, when you've gotten sick and tired of that place, whether it's one year from now or even six months from now, when you, when you try to list it and try to sell it, you're lucky if that thing can sell within a year, lucky. But with most cases of most people, it never sells, never sells. Because there are too many other choices of too many other destinations that doesn't have the boredom factor kicked in. So that's the other thing, is that you spent million to $2 million on this maybe 5,000 or 10,000 square foot estate that looks, you know, that looks very tropical on the side of a mountain and you know, your closest neighbor, the closest store is 30 minutes an hour away, I can tell you, there are very, very few buyers for that home. Very few. You don't believe me? Go online. Go online and look for yourself. And the other thing too is every single developer that I know of, and again, I've been working in Costa Rica uh, for 18 years now, Obviously, I don't do as much as I do in Costa Rica because more opportunities here in, here in uh, Thailand is that every single developer that has locked up hundreds to thousands of acres in very remote parts of Costa Rica or not even Costa Rica, somewhere in, let's just say, even in Belize or Dominican Republic or Nicaragua or Honduras or Panama, that's basically middle of nowhere, 
they never sell out. Many of them don't even break ground. I know one development um, that was in the middle of nowhere. And I met them almost the time when I first started Compass. So I would say over a decade ago, maybe 14, 15 years ago, maybe even longer than that. Met with the owners and they painted this vision of having homes that are LEED certified and that are uh, very uh, Costa Rican feel. Your, your, your home is a part of the jungle. The concept was fantastic. The renderings were beautiful. The homes were gorgeous. But I told them, I said, first of all, no one's going to buy this. They have like thousand, they have like a thousand acres, I think. They either 500 to a thousand acres. I said, first of all, no one's going to buy. You have very, very few people, clientele that actually wants to buy something like this. So instead of what I recommend is either you, is you either make it higher density with larger pieces of land and lower your prices because you're not going to find any buyers. Lo and behold, obviously they didn't believe me. So fast forward, I read an article from the Tico Times, which is a Costa Rican uh, English-speaking English newspaper. And I read an article about this development that was basically saying they're, they're just breaking ground, which was still a lie. They've been breaking ground for almost 20 years now. They haven't sold one piece of property and have been built one piece of property on that piece of land. Sure, and again, it's gorgeous, but nobody wants to be that far. And I have friends of mine that have bought properties, one acre, two acre, three acres, in places in the middle of Costa Rica, close to the water, middle of nowhere, still to this day, 10 years later, 15 years later, still can't sell that piece of land. And they've reduced the price, reduced the price, reduced the price. Now, uh, they don't know what to do with it because they don't want to reduce the price anymore because they don't want to lose that much money. And it's the same with you. If you bought a home that's a million, two million, three million, five million dollars in the middle of nowhere, and then you get tired of it and you try to resell it, hard pressed. It just basically money being thrown away. You're, you're better off just renting that property. And there are plenty of these mega homes to rent in these, in these very remote areas. So that's the nice thing about Thailand is, is that the places that I mentioned, like in Bangkok, uh, like in Hua Hin or Pattaya, Jiam Tien, there are many homes there that are gorgeous. And should you want to sell it, it's easier because these are big cities, big thriving cities. Bangkok alone last year had 22 or 23 million tourists. Costa Rica as a country had 3.5 million terrorists in, in 2019. Quite a difference. And also quite a difference in lifestyle. Uh, I think in my second podcast, I, I did a comparison of Latin America to Asia or, Latin Amer or Costa Rica and, and Thailand. I highly recommend you listen to that podcast for those of you looking to buy a home and maybe do part-time or full-time retirement in, in Latin America. You will be surprised. You will be surprised at some of the things I share with you because there are things you just don't think about. Latin America is a great place to visit, but many places I do not recommend buying. I just recommend renting. So why buy in Thailand? Number one is the Thai bot is extremely strong. It was one of the top appreciating and strongest currencies for all of 2019 and also for this year. And many analysts are predicting, you're probably seeing this if you are very savvy yourself and you probably read a lot that there is a prediction that the US dollar may tank 
while the body is getting stronger. So now is a great time to buy because in addition to investing in a property, you're also investing to local, the local currency. So if you're thinking about buying a year, two to three years from now, I would still recommend buying now. You can still enjoy it as a vacation home if you're not ready to retire. And like I said, as with our services, we can furnish it for you. One of our services we also provide is property management. We can do short-term rentals for you so you can collect income until you decide to retire. Uh, cleaning services, we provide everything for you. I'm going to list everything here. We can talk about that on one-on-one. -on -one. But now is a great time to buy a property because the bot is still fairly low and the U.S. dollar is still fairly strong. And also right now, during this, this coronavirus lockdown, it looks like the United States might go for a second lockdown because of massive surge in cases, where right now I've read that the EU is looking to ban American tourists uh, because of high infection rate in America. I think that America now has surpassed 2.5 million, where the CDC is predicting numbers could be 10 times higher in some of these hotspots because of lack of testing. We're here in Asia, for those that are concerned with your health, and I'm a, I'm a dedicated podcast on health and wellness of why you will statistically live longer in living in a place like Thailand as opposed to living in the United States. It's first and foremost is wearing masks has just been the norm here in Asia, not just Southeast Asia, but all of Asia. I've been wearing a mask while flying for close to a decade. And uh, Japanese do it, Taiwanese do it. It's just common courtesy. You just do that. You just don't want to spread germs. And here in Thailand, everyone wears it. That's why countries like Japan and Germany and Taiwan have praised Thailand for fighting and bringing down the cases of, of infections. We've done a fan, the government has done a fantastic job here in Thailand. And I'm really, really happy about that. And here's a cool thing, too, about Thailand. For those tourists who got stuck that couldn't leave Thailand, uh, Thai, if they should go to a hospital because they have the coronavirus, uh, Thailand was going to pay their medical bills. I, I was reading horror stories of Americans uh, that had the coronavirus, were in a hospital. I think one individual was in a hospital for a month. He left, and he quickly left because he knew the hospital bill was gonna be big, but he had no idea how big. I think it was like 1.1 or $1.2 million. Another woman slapped with a bill of half a million dollars. So not just the fact that Thailand has excellent healthcare, uh, that's the other thing too is remember this, is that when you're living in a very remote part of the world, what if you get sick? What if you have to be airlifted? Especially if you're in that getting to that golden age it's important to make sure you have hospitals nearby. And all these big, big cities that I'm recommending all have first-class hospitals nearby. Excellent hospitals at a very reasonable rate. So remember this. When you're thinking about buying a place, just because you love it as a vacationer doesn't mean you're going to love it as a homeowner. Take my word for it. So... Myself and my team and the team here at Compass is here to help you in any way possible to guide you to make sure that you're making the right decision when it comes down to home ownership overseas and to make sure that's a, that's a seamless process. It's that we're here to educate you and that's what these podcasts are for. So thank you so much for joining me and we'll talk to you soon.